4: Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Maranci. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, but everybody else in between breaking it down. The Twisted Tuesday has a begun. Sirius XM Channel 159 Sports Grid Radio Network, the loudest station in the nation. We'll welcome our AM radio affiliates momentarily. Ten was the number uh, tonight. Two games in the National Football League. Both games decided by ten points. The favorites get it done uh, this evening. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles continue to hang uh, in the playoff uh, picture uh, right now they needed this win they're not in the playoffs Uh, they've got the same record although we know this everybody's going to have the same record when it's all said and done uh, this year especially in the NFC so all these games count Um, conference games are paramount division games count but conference games are really important uh, this year as well we'll break it down uh, for you as far as all the tiebreakers are concerned and there's a lot of them. Strength of victory is something that's an interesting tiebreaker uh, this year. That's that's like the last one. But it is something to take a look at and you can sort of gauge, like, all right, who actually is, who beats good teams and who doesn't? And this, you know, some numbers are deceptive. These numbers don't lie. These numbers don't lie. Neither do uh, final scores. Um, so, listen, was it pretty? No. And it's been an underfest over the last couple of days in the National Football League. Although it's been an underfest all year long. Rams win 20-10. to 10, And I think Cooper Cup had like 20 catches or something like that. And uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia wins 27-17. Washington actually hung around early in this game. But ultimately, they just didn't have enough. They were losing bodies uh, throughout. So right now, the Los Angeles Rams, they've sort of caught Arizona, uh, but not really. They're tied. They have the same record. They split uh, on the season. uh, But Arizona wins the tiebreak over Los Angeles based on best win percentage in division games. So they both split. right? So you see where we're going here uh, with with the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. It could be a similar situation if they split. Um, We'll get into what the tiebreakers are. But as it is right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are still on the outside looking in. All right, they're the eighth seed right now. Minnesota control their own destiny, at least for now. Uh, Minnesota are seven and seven right now. They are the seventh seed. And uh, both San Francisco and the Los Angeles Rams are comfortably now into the playoffs, obviously. So it's just coming down to the seventh seed now. Minnesota, seven and seven. Philadelphia, seven and seven. The New Orleans Saints are seven and seven. Uh, Washington, Atlanta, Carolina, and now Seattle. We can say, yeah, you're done. You're not mathematically eliminated but yeah, you're done. It's uh it's it's over. Uh Seattle, listen, Seattle battled but ultimately conservative play calling, um lack of efficiency in the, in the red zone catches up to teams. Right? Seattle never really got that. You know what? Our season's on the line here. Let's just start getting crazy because if we just continue to play it out the way it is, we're going to lose. You know, Seattle never just, you know, stepped it up a notch. I still have my concerns about master moving forward. The Late Night Anger class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Renzi. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. We're breaking it down. It's the Twisted Tuesday. we got a full house. Brent Sobleski is going to join us from the Bleacher Report. Andrew McInnis, wager talk, kicks it with us. Steve Merrill joins us as well. We'll cap some college football games. We'll talk college basketball. Uh, We'll talk NHL hockey or the lack of. NHL hockey, hopefully your book and uh, all books uh, post some World Junior Championship hockey lines, although I'm not uh, I'm not really overly confident about uh, that, uh, but we're going to break it all down. We'll talk bowl uh, action as San Diego State gets it done. They win uh, the Frisco Bowl, and throw out your narratives as far as, well, San Diego State don't throw the ball very well. Tell that to Lucas Johnson, who just threw for a career-high 333 yards uh, tonight, three touchdowns already right, ran for another score as well SDSU Aztecs beat UTSA 38-24 final score game goes over the number Aztecs close as three point favorites great performance uh, tonight from the offense and the defense but props to Lucas Johnson man this guy lit it up uh, tonight career high 333 yards uh, three touchdown passes Jesse Matthews uh, caught 11 uh, balls Um uh, touchdown passes of 11 yards and uh, and 20 yards. Uh, 11 catches uh, as well, 175 yards receiving. All right, so like career games in a bowl game. Game goes over, and uh, we move forward, and we break down the bowl game. Steve Merrill uh, steps up and in. We'll get you up to date with like which conferences are doing well, and I'll tell you which conference is doing real well. The Mountain West. The Mountain West now up to 4-0, and very like impressively done here what the Mountain West is doing. Right, you look at uh, you look at Utah State, Utah State Mountain West champions. They beat down the Pac-12 uh, Oregon State Beavers in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Uh, San Diego State lost in the conference championship game and now they're playing, you know, they, they step up, they play in the Frisco Bowl and they beat the conference USA champions. So, Mountain West is bringing it and I think the Mountain West can continue to bring it. Meanwhile, the MAC, well the MAC is whack. The Mac uh, is getting drilled. They're now owing 4 in foreign bowl games. The late night anger management class. This
2: is Sports Ridge. Rams win. Eagles win. We break it down. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, 24/7. As our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at $40 a month experience it all live
3: with sling sling Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing Uh, (laughs) that's definitely not a problem Uh, Reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Morinzi.
4: Whoa, yeah! Late Night Naked Management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morinzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of bust them, and everybody else in between. Man, the Lakers are bad. 102-82 right now. Phoenix uh, up by 24, 421 left. Time to light one uh in one second although it's 420 every day uh all 24 7 365 isn't it Uh, at least it is with the rageaholics the pips the players the hustlers the DJs, and everybody else in between we've said this a million times uh in the past and I, i think some some people get it some people don't but street clothes is the most important player on this team it's just it is what it is. They don't win without Anthony Davis. They can't win without Anthony Davis. They won't win without Anthony Anthony Davis. Right? LeBron, LeBron James goes to Los Angeles year 1, they don't even make the playoffs. Then and then they they get Anthony Davis, they win the title. Last year Anthony Davis gets hurt, and remember what was it? They beat Phoenix in, in one of the first two games. AD gets hurt, and they get you know they just get rolled after. People criticize AD, and I get it. People have short attention spans and stuff. I'm not gonna call him soft. He gets hurt a lot, right? I mean, if um, if you're in a gang and you get shot all the time are you soft because you're in a hospital because you got shot <laughs> you know what i'm saying i don't know like it's one of those deals like not everybody that gets hurt is soft right like not everybody that gets hurt is soft you know some guys are they don't want to play through pain and you know they But ad seems to have genuine injuries it's not like oh i don't want to play i have like you know i have a headache type of deal I mean, remember Scottie Pippen didn't want to go back into a game, right? Oh, I've got migraines. Well, you've got a bad time to get a headache, bro, under pressure right now. I tell you that. Considering we pay you forty million dollars a year not to get migraines now, right? I can get a migraine now, right? Like, you know what I mean? But the Lakers, yeah, they just they the Lakers have a serious problem. Like, if you're a Laker fan and you're tuning in uh, this year, I, you know, don't. I hope you're not kidding yourself and thinking that this team has any hope in hell of winning a championship. I'm not sure they could win the G League championship. They, maybe it'd be competitive. <laughs> I'm saying, I don't know. I, you know, I didn't think it'd be this bad. You figure, like bringing Westbrook in, that that was the point, right? right? Of having a big. The whole point of having a big three is you can rest one of them. It could always just sort of be a rotation, or if somebody gets hurt, it's not the end of the world. But you'll notice these teams—they're just poorly constructed. Rob Polinka You know they won. If Rob Palinka didn't win that title, he—I could say this guy's done a terrible job. Like the Lakers, if you look at the makeup of their team, it's just—it's a—it's a a terrible roster. And I said it before the year started. I said, yeah, if this roster like played in a two-week tournament, they'd be a load to deal with. Right, like, but if you want to, you expect these guys to play 82 games and then play in the playoffs. That's not happening, <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? It's just it do, it doesn't come as a, as a surprise. I don't know. I imagine they're going to do something. Word is, you know what what are they going to do? I don't know. LeBron is the problem in which LeBron doesn't want to play with young players. And let me tell you something too. Uh, Horton Tucker better turn out to be the next Kobe Bryant, man, because the way the Lakers talk about this guy and protect this guy, oh, no, he's off limits. Well, unless you're including 30 nights of sex with your cheerleaders here, I don't know what you have to offer us. Right? Like, that's the whole thing with the Lakers. Like, the Lakers always want to do deals with people, but they don't have anything. What what are you going to trade? You already gave away your entire roster for Russell Westbrook. Which, in hindsight, probably wasn't the best of ideas, was it? Look at the lack of depth that they have. I don't know. You you used to. You used to have guys. Maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe wouldn't wouldn't suck to have him on the team right now. Maybe it wouldn't be terrible, right, to have Caldwell-Pope. Right? Like, I don't know, man. LeBron lives in this sort of, like, LeBron is a great player. He's a horrible general manager. And LeBron, you know, LeBron has an input on all this stuff. Like, who the hell thinks Rondo's good still? Like, really? Who wants Rondo? You know, I would have Rondo in, like, an NBA, like, hoop it up, like, league or something like that. Hey, look, we got Rondo playing for us as a ringer. Rajon Rondo should be playing on, like, uh, like, on the pros versus Joe's TV show. He's been done for years. Like, they just hang on to this... There's, put it this way: the Lakers are built for the now, but they suck now. So that's, I think that's the best way of putting it. Like, what's the status of the Laker organization? Well, they're built for like now. Okay, good. You're okay. I don't have a problem with that. You're built for now. But oh yeah, the problem is we kind of suck now. So, so we have no future. We have no good young players. We have no prospects. We have no nothing, and we suck. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty dysfunctional situation, and let's be real. AD will just get hurt again, anyways. AD will get hurt. The Lakers, um, like I said, the Lakers. This is this is a play against team. They're not going to be, um, they're not going to be an impact um, in in the playoff picture. And quite frankly, they're gonna they're gonna be in a battle to make the playoffs. As it is right now, the Lakers are a seven seed. I guess they can, now they'll probably, I was going to say they'll end up in the play-in part. They're sort of right there. You know what I mean? They're, 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 They're 16 and 15. The thing is, the teams behind them all blow as well. Right? The Dallas Mavericks are a clown show. The Sacramento Kings are, you know, they—they're not even a clown show. The—the Sacramento Kings are just—they are—they are what they are. They're a useless organization. Aside from like you know, ten thousand people in Sacramento that care about these people, no one would even know. If Sacramento Kings just like vanished off the face of the earth, people wouldn't notice. Like you know what I mean? Like if the entire team just went missing, no one would notice <laughs> besides some guy with De'Aaron Fox on his fantasy team. Well, what's say Wait, where's that De'Aaron Fox guy? If you honestly, let's let out of the four major professional sports, okay? NHL, NBA, NFL, MLB, who is the most nondescript. Just sort of, yeah, if they vanished, people wouldn't notice organization. Look, NFL, everybody kind of knows NFL teams, right? You know what I mean? The the Jags are pretty down there on, like, the Q rating poll, they call it. You know, the, the, the average, you know, the, does the average person, like, the Q, it's like a Q rating poll, they call it. So it's basically, like, it's not sports fans. It's, like, literally... You know, you stand outside a bus station type thing or a train station and everyone that walks by. Do you know who the Sacramento Kings are? Do you know who the Sacramento Kings are? Right, Like, like the Sacramento Kings are finished dead last. The Jags are there. I, you know, like I said, I can't even think of another team that is just sort of as meaningless and as useless as Sacramento. I'd say that, you know, I'd say the Coyotes are the NHL as well. I follow the NHL. I don't even know what they're called. What are they? Are they the Arizona Coyotes or the Fe- They're Arizona now, right? Are they Phoenix or Arizona? <laughs> like, I don't know, you know what I mean? They don't even pay their rent. Like, they don't pay their bills. They don't pay their, their, their I don't know. Like, can anybody name, like, can anybody name five players on the Arizona Coyotes? No. <laughs> Can you name two players on the Arizona Coyotes? Probably not. They should put that in a Jeopardy question. Throw somebody's of nerds off during Jeopardy. Shakespeare quotes for 500 And uh, random pop culture. I'll take random pop culture, please. Uh, name two players on the uh, Arizona Coyote hockey team. <laughs> Be like, ah. Wayne Gretzky. Rick
2: Tockett, the guys that gambled all the time, the late-night anger management class, bring it. SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, listen, I need some cash. What for? I just need it, that's all. Oh, no. Don't tell me. You're gambling
4: again, aren't you? Oh, you weak, weak man. Oh boy, we're getting it from Sacramento King Nation right now. All one of them. Our boy Lucas. Love you, Lucas. <laughs> hey, you're a loyal King fan. Good for you. You know what? The Kings aren't the most useless organization in sport, technically. Technically... And they're another team that kind of aren't really known, talked about, or, you know, whatever. They're never on TV. Like, when's the last time the Seattle Mariners were on TV? They put the Chicago Bears on TV. You know, 15 million people watched that game last night, the Vikings-Bears uh, game. I'm getting uh, tweets from people in Chicago saying, hey, that's why the Bears are on TV. They have a lot of viewers. I don't know. Here's our boy Nick, actually, who's in uh, in uh, Chicago. I believe that it wasn't the Bears. I believe that it's just the holidays and people were watching football. <laughs> That's why I'm sticking to that. What's the Monday nighter next week? Let, we'll compare the ratings next week to this week. And then if, if, if the ratings are, like, significantly different, then I'm, I'll, I'll apologize to the Bear fans and the City-ish and the people that booked the game. What's the Monday nighter? Miami and New Orleans. Okay. If Miami and New Orleans like doesn't get anywhere, like fifteen million people is a hell of a lot of people. I'm going to acknowledge that very big viewership. All right, for for uh, for a bear and a Viking game, all right. Like I, I, it's the power of the NFL. I'm telling you, football is just that big. Football, is, d- 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 more people watch like preseason games than like every other sport combined. Like put together. I saw I saw I don't know it was a movie the other night. I saw something and they said, "Oh, baseball is America's pastime." I'm like, "No, it isn't." Like, I just, shouldn't shouldn't we drop that now by now? Is like does anybody believe that baseball is America's pastime? And speaking of useless franchise, I'd say the Marlins are on that list. But Sacramento used to be good. Right, Sacramento were good, and you know they had, they had Chris Webber, and uh, you know Doug Christie. Remember when they were playing with the Lakers, and they did get severely screwed over hard in the Western Conference uh, Finals. Uh, Vladi Divac, they got screwed over hard, man. Right, they really did. The NBA point blank just did not want Sacramento going to the finals, and they were about to. They would have shoulda coulda woulda didn't but it really wasn't their fault like they they were up against it the nba is a tough league if you're one of these small market teams you need to like you need to like knock the other team out right like the raptors are a good example of that the raptors went 7 games with philadelphia but other than that they sort of smashed everybody like even golden state in 6 so there was never a chance to really screw them Right? If you know you're going to get screwed, you got to go in there and say, all right, we know we're going to get screwed. So whatever we do, let's make sure that it's not a close game in the last couple of minutes so they don't screw us. <laughs> so, so they can't screw us. Got delivered a knockout punch. De- de- deliver that knockout punch. So the LA Rams, the Rams did not deliver a knockout punch tonight. They won via decision if this is a fight. Rams win via decision, but a win is a win right now. I'm kind of upset at myself for not betting the under at a football game. We even sort of talked about it yesterday about how all these games are going under. And I didn't think either game was going to be a track meet. I don't know why I ended up getting in on a teaser to the over of the Ram part of it. We did we did all right tonight. You know, we we did pretty well. Yet, I'm frustrated by getting in on Seattle last week during the COVID stuff. I never got out of it. I just need to sort of hit the reset button here. The last 48 hours have been frustrating. Bad beats this, bad bets, just bad everything. And I need to hit the reset button, and I'm going to. Uh, We got in. we, We had some good plays tonight. There's just one bowl game tomorrow. So tomorrow we get back at the NBA because there's no NHL, although, I don't know, they said the NHL shut down yesterday and they're playing a game right now. I'm boycotting the game. You guys told me you were shut down. So we got one bowl game tomorrow and then we're back at it, NFL football again on Thursday. San Francisco and Tennessee. Now we talk about the complicated situation here as far as the, uh, the tiebreakers are concerned. So as it is right now, Green Bay Packers, top seed, number one. Dallas Cowboys are the two seed. Interesting. The, uh, the Dallas Cowboys are the two seed. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the three seed. Arizona Cardinals, the four seed. L.A. Rams 5, San Francisco 6, Minnesota 7. If the playoffs were to start now, it would be Minnesota at Dallas, San Francisco at Tampa Bay, and Arizona and the Los Angeles Rams. So essentially here in, in the NFC, there's one spot left. All right, San Francisco's in, the Rams are in, the Cards are in, the Bucks are in, the Cowboys are in, the Packers are in. There's one spot left and there's three teams fighting for it. Minnesota are 7 and 7, Philadelphia are 7 and 7, and New Orleans are 7 and 7. Now the Minnesota Vikings schedule is not an easy one. And in fact, it's it's vicious. Like, compared to the other teams, it's not... You know, the Vikings are in tough here. The Minnesota Vikings host the Los Angeles Rams this week. Then they go to Green Bay on Sunday Night Football on January the 2nd, day after New Year. And then they wrap up shop uh, with the Bears. I'm surprised that game's not on primetime TV again. <laughs> uh, then they wrap up shop with the Bears. They host the Bears, so... I don't know they these guys the the Vikings probably are gonna go one and two are they gonna they they could beat the Rams. the Rams are kind of flaky. I don't trust Matt Stafford, and that's something I want to get to as well. sort of pick on all the l a teams tonight and tell you the Lakers blow, but if you're a Ram fan and you're watching this team, do you really feel all that good about this offense? Do you really like feel all that good about Matthew Stafford? Like Seattle, Seattle are like, you know what I mean? That's like boxing the one-armed man on in the, from the fugitive. Seattle's offense is terrible, all right? Seattle are a beaten-down football team. Their offense blows, and the Rams had all they could, they could handle. I don't trust Matt Stafford in a big game. I don't trust Matt Stafford on the road in a big game, and I don't believe that Matt Stafford can win two and three games in a row and take this team to the Super Bowl. And Sean McVay made the change and threw Jared Goff under the bus. Fine. All right. It's all Jared's fault. Okay. I don't know, man. I don't see, you know, I don't, I don't trust Stafford any more than I would trust Goff. And in fact, I trust Goff more. And I'm not just saying this. Why do I trust Goff more? Goff can't make some throws that Stafford makes, but that's a good thing. Because he doesn't try to make the throw. Every time Stafford drops back to pass, it's a hold your breath, is it going to be intercepted type of deal. It just is. And against, like, the elite teams, man, when you get into the playoffs, like, do you trust Stafford on the road at Green Bay? Is Stafford going to be able to step up and get it done on the road, at, you know, in Dallas even? Can he, Will you know, can he step up and, you know, and I know they beat Tampa earlier in the year, but... I'm just saying, I have my doubts. I have like deep doubts uh, about the Los Angeles Rams. And I like the Rams. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not, I like to see the Rams do well, but I don't, I just don't, I, I have a hard time buying in that they can actually string it together three weeks in a row. I think the Rams and the Buffalo Bills are incredibly similar football teams. In what they do and who they are. So as it is right now, the Rams are 5-1 to one to win the NFC Conference Championship. The Green Bay Packers are plus 220. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, plus 330. Now last night we discussed Chris Godwin being out for the season and the impact that this is going to have on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's it's pretty bad. It's not good that he's out. You know what I mean? We're talking about a guy he accumulated over twenty five percent of their passing uh, yards yeah, last year, and uh, targets, etc. Brady loves him. He likes him. Obviously, they read they re upped him, which I was surprised actually that they gave him the money. Um, well, not re upped him, but tagged him, which was you know made him the top five you know wide receiver paid in the league. I was surprised they did that, but it goes to show Brady. Telling the Bucs, listen, I'm not going to be here forever and I need this guy. Now they get AB back, but now Leonard Fournette is injured and it looks like Leonard Fournette's injury is for real. Not out for the season for real, but they're shutting him down for real. So Tampa at plus 330. The Rams are 5 to 1. You can say, you know what? It's not bad value. It's like, all right, it's 5 to 1. I just don't think they can win three games in a row. Arizona seemed to be fading. The Dallas Cowboys are untrustworthy. To me, I'm looking, and I don't trust Green Bay. Even though I pick them before the year started, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers, like, needs to win a big game, too. Sounds crazy to say, but he hasn't the last two times he was in the
2: NFC Conference Championship game. San Francisco looking more and more dangerous. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
0: is america's primary system working is the electoral college still the best process for electing a president could a third-party candidate ever be successful
4: The anger class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Moransi. Let's bring in one of our favorite uh, guests. We're glad he can join us in the holiday season uh, because he's got a family. Uh, we all, we often uh, ask him how he pulled it off, uh, but he did. Uh, NFL analyst with the Bleacher Report, Brent Sobleski, uh, joins us. Draft enthusiast, comic uh, book dork, scruffy looking uh, Nerf uh, herder, and a pro wrestling fan, and a uh, and a beer snob, and a beer snob. Hey, we like uh, all of the above. Brent Sobleski joins us. Brent, it's always a pleasure, my man. How you doing? I'm doing well. See, That's what you call modern-day renaissance,
5: man. That's that's what I am. I, wow. I love all the dark stuff. <laughs> and, and to be frank with you, I still have no clue why my wife's still with me, but she is. And we just celebrated 15 years together last month. So,
4: Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Thank that's you. awesome. Thank you. So let, let me ask you, since you are a wrestling fan, this was my idea the other day when, um, when Urban Meyer was let go. <laughs> I said, you know what? They're having more success with their wrestling company than they are with the football team. So... Let's make Chris Jericho the head coach, uh, Cody Rhodes defensive coordinator. I've got Sting as the special teams uh, coordinator, and um, and you know what? It can't it can't be any worse, literally and figuratively. Uh, but it's an interesting dynamic to me, and I do find it fascinating because the Jags do screw up everything that they touch, yet Tony the son really is doing a great job with the wrestling company. He absolutely is. And it's actually surprising that
5: you're starting to hear a little bit of that discourse kind of crossover between the two mediums because, you know, when you have the Irv and Meyer uh, firing guys in the wrestling world take notice. And why do they take notice? Because there's been a lot of releases within the industry, particularly with one company, the WWE, and how Tony Khan specifically railed against that publicly about how their contracts are quote-unquote real. So then you see wrestlers take umbrage with the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars did not honor Urban Meyer's contract. But this, the reality is these are two different worlds, right? And what we have to differentiate is, one, Tony Khan does not run the Jacksonville Jaguars. His father, Shad Khan, makes the final decisions for the NFL organization, whereas Tony has a complete hands-off uh, from his father when it comes to running AEW. He does it all himself. So there, there is a, a, a significant differentiation between the two,
4: So uh, even though that there seems to be a little bit of a crossover as of late. Uh, Brent Sobleski, uh, with us. We'll see if they get this right, uh, if they get the next uh, hiring right. You know, for Trevor Lawrence's sake, um, and for their future's sake, they better. I did think it was funny, though, when uh, Khan says, we have the history of doing the right thing here, and we'll get this right. I'm thinking, what? Uh, <laughs> I wasn't great. It's a great student, but what What history, what part of this has been great, uh, Mr. Khan? But, uh, but nevertheless, so Cleveland Browns, um, Man, it was an emotional game. The comeback uh, was dramatic. The dog pound was going crazy. And then it ends in heartbreak uh, once again. Is the season done for the Cleveland Browns uh, in Cleveland right now? Or Brown fans hanging on to hope that, no, we're not done if we win this week. But oh this week you're playing the Green Bay Packers on a short effing week as well well if you don't mind let me take
5: a quick step back about the jaguars because i would like to address that opening because I, t- I truly believe it is one of the better ones in the nfl and the reason why is fourfold one trevor lawrence that's still a big selling piece for whoever decides to come in to that organization two, 78 million dollars in projected sa- seller cap space right now three number one overall pick is where they currently sit so you get to add another elite talent and four to con's point a shot cons in this in this instance he, he tries to be patient. He gives coaches time. That's not the case with every owner. He wanted to do everything possible to let Urban Meyer work his way through these situations, and he didn't. He fell flat on his face time and time again, had to make that decision. So
4: I look at Jacksonville as a very tempting job. You raise some good for, points. For, with stability, as you just stated, too, right? Because you know, you're, it's a good point. He, he, you know, he was patient. He has been. He has been patient uh, over the years. Who do you think? Like you know, Josh McDaniels is McDaniels ever going to take one of these jobs, or is McDaniels waiting this Patriot thing out? Is there a sort of an agreement there that with with, with Robert Kraft and Belichick that McDaniels takes over there? Left, which seems to make a lot of sense, doesn't he, Brent?
5: He does, absolutely, and there's a a, a multiple coordinators that would do very well in that position, I believe, whether we're talking about a Byron Leftwich or McDaniels, who both would make sense based on their high-profile natures of what they've done in recent seasons and the fact that they both seem ready to step back into a a head coaching position. For McDaniels, it'd be his second, Leftwich his first, but he's been giving a lot of leeway with Bruce Arians and in that coaching staff to really work with Tom Brady and set up that offense the other guys you'd have to name are brian dayball and what he's done with the buffalo bills which is which is amazing considering how his career started he really struggled as an offensive coordinator early in his career don't tell that to Bills fans right now and wgr (laughs) radio
4: and everyone no they you know it's funny because he was such that hot candidate i'm curious to see if he will be again this year actually it's funny it's interesting you brought him up do you think he will be so you're not you're not blaming him the shine hasn't come off for dable at all looking at the bills offense no, not at all, and you have a couple of reasons. Well, actually, uh, three off the top of my head.
5: One, the offensive line has been in flux all year. You've had the bench players, so obviously it's a talent issue there. You don't have the type of running back to where you can commit to them to multiple carries, 15, 20 carries, if you need to in any contest. Let's be honest, Josh Allen is the running game in Buffalo for the most part. Yeah, he's and their best runner. Yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly, and then on top of it, he's not playing quite as well. Is that entirely on the That's offensive true. board? No. So I think when they look at what he's done overall, the maturation to development with Josh Allen going from arguably the greatest developmental prospects we've ever seen from a top 10 pick in a quarterback to near MVP levels, that would be a huge selling point for him, especially if you're considering hiring him for an
4: organization that has someone like Trevor Lawrence. What do you think? We'll get back to the Browns. What do you think of that big Bills? Because, you know, man, you know this, especially now. Listen, a 16-game season is a marathon, not a sprint, right? Now it's a 17-game season, and we all have a tendency, although I don't, but, you know, the modern media, the modern sports fan, that a team, like, wins and loses a Super Bowl every week. People forget the Bucks were 7-5 and five last year, right? It's about peaking at the right time. So I'm not ready to write the Bills off, actually, yet. It's been peaks and valleys so far this year, but... But quite frankly, look, man, they beat the New England Patriots this Sunday. They're in first place again. They end up winning that division, and you look at their schedule, you know, they have the Jets and the Falcons after. They can run the table after this. Suddenly the Bills are hot again, and the sky isn't falling anymore. What's your take on the Bills and the Patriots and how that plays out? Who you like this weekend? No, I like the way you frame that because you're absolutely correct in that it's a week-to-week league. And
5: especially now with everything that's going on, the hottest team in the NFL is the Kansas City Chiefs. And guess what? Reports right before we came on air about... An outbreak with the Chiefs. So they're on a roll, but is that going to come to a screeching halt with multiple players missing, including Tyree Kill? So you have to take it with that frame of mind. And coaches always have players, mostly do, but those of us on the outside don't because you're trying to look at tendencies. You're trying to see how these teams are going to improve and or at least finish throughout the season. And with Buffalo, I think they still have the capabilities. I mentioned where they're soft. Like, obviously, the offensive line has to hold up. You would like to get more of a run game and Josh Allen shouldn't be shouldering absolutely everything within the offense but they still have those capabilities of doing it and the Buccaneers are a great example of essentially getting on a roll at the right time they came out of their bye week last year and then just never looked back they coalesced as a team and that's what you're looking for moving forward and which teams are capable of doing that we know the Chiefs were up until (laughs) everything that's happened today Buffalo could as well. I'm interested to see if anyone comes out of AFC North since they're all at eight and you know, eight and five to seven and seven. And there's a gigantic log jam. It's quite possible and it really comes down to having those players step up that you expect to. And in Buffalo, that's Josh Allen.
4: Brent Sobleski with us for a couple more minutes. So Cleveland Browns a you know, tough spot, you know they sort of, they, they get the break in which the game gets postponed, but at the same point in time, they're also playing on Saturday afternoon, and oh yeah, they're playing against the Green Bay Packers as well. You know, as it is right now, they're the 12 seed, and we get into a million tiebreakers, so they're not going to tap out, but obviously things are bleak uh, right now. Let me ask you, will Baker Mayfield be the quarterback next year of the Cleveland Browns in your opinion? Yes, and I don't even question it. I
5: believe the front office still believes in him. They understand the extenuating circumstances this season, and I'm not talking – Just about the last week and what happened with the COVID outbreak. What we're all talking about, you know, the dislocated shoulder, the broken bone, bad knee, bad heel, and that has its effect. Is are they should they serve as excuses? Absolutely not. You're on the field; you still need to produce. But you have to also acknowledge simultaneously that they have some type of effect on his caliber of play. And if we watched uh, Nick Mullins last night in a really difficult game for Cleveland, almost being able able to. Overcome the odds. He did well, considering the circumstances, but he also did the bare minimum, essentially. And if we had been talking about Baker Mayfield in the same instance, people would have been going bonkers about how he didn't lead his team to a win and how they still found a way, and he didn't put up big numbers. So that shows you the way that there's a bit of a hypocrisy in the way that we look at him. And even though he's putting up better numbers, he's still performing. Is it a 50-50
4: split with fans? Because like you said, perception and reality are two different things. But once you become that guy, right, and – you know, the guy, there's always going to be a guy to people. Like, look, people aren't going to blame Nick Chubb. Oh, Nick Chubb costs us, right? No, so what what's talk radio like? What What are your boys like? What do you know? people comment on your articles like it on Twitter? Is it 50-50 with Baker? Do people blame him? Do they like him? Well, what's the split with Baker with Brown fan? Okay, well, to give you an idea, I do live in Ohio, so
5: let everyone know I've, I've covered the Browns off and on but most of my adult life. I still get texts from my buddies. Baker Mayfield sucks. <laughs>
4: to give you an idea, <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> see what I mean? No, it's just one of those no, guys. Yeah, because if you yeah. run your mouth and you're out there, you're in TV commercials. You, you, it goes both ways. People will not like you, and if you, you know what I mean. So you get that Baker sucks, bro. Right? Do you get any yeah. a big layoff Baker? Baker's the man. No, I never
5: get those texts. No, never. <laughs> that's only people complaining. And now, for, granted, that's the Browns' mentality. It's always apathy. It's always disdain. It's always woe is me. So I get that. But at the same time, we have to understand the way, the way he's been. Look, he was the near off, NFL rookie of the year in his first season. Had a terrible second season, but that was just an implosion by the entire franchise with Freddie Kitchens leading the way. Year three. Over the second half of the season, the only guy that graded better than him was Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, won the MVP. And then you had injuries this year, so it's just the reality is more of a financial one essentially than anything else because they've already picked up his fifth-year option that will be guaranteed going to next off-season. So they want to see one more year whether he can be the guy or not, and from that point, that's
4: when the decision will be will come forth by the organization. So, Brad, we've got a minute left, and I always love talking football uh, with you. You are a draft enthusiast. I brought it up. I said you look at Matt Corral's numbers. You look at his body shape, body type. You look at his numbers as well. They're identical to what Baker and Kyler Murray put up, except he did it in the SEC. Are you a Matt Corral guy? Do, do you buy in and do you see the comparisons to Corral and Baker and Kyler, et cetera, um, with you know, a six-footer? Do you like Matt Corral, and do you think he's going to uh, be successful in the NFL? I look at Matt Corral as a second-round talent, to be honest with you.
5: With our Bleach Report scouting, uh, scouting group that I'm a part of, we do not have him as a first-round talent. Our number one quarterback in this draft is Cincinnati's Desmond Ritter. But the reason you question – corral to a degree. System, it's a very easy system that sets him up for success. And that's a great job at the collegiate level, but you also have to wonder what's going to translate, right? When you have to see the type of throws he's asked to make, the arm talent, and where he's going to be able to place the ball consistently at the NFL level. When you compare him to Mayfield and Murray, from a size perspective, what he lacks is he doesn't have the same pop in his arm. And when you look at Baker and Kyler, those are former you know, shortstops, guys that were drafted into the major leagues they can they can that ball explodes off their hand not quite the same crowd not saying he can't play in the nfl i'm just saying he doesn't have the same gifts overall which knocks him down a peg and doesn't place him in that qb1 conversation
4: and i look forward to talking about the draft with you Brett. happy holidays merry christmas to you and your family congratulations on the anniversary always a pleasure thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us no thank you for having me as always and merry christmas to everyone out there listening
1: That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
3: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
4: Interesting what he noted there about um, about WWE wrestlers, WWE wrestlers taking note of the Urban Meyer situation. Because um, basically, what he's getting at there, look, Urban Meyer is not getting paid, guys. Right? A lot of times, coaches they get paid. You get fired, you get paid if you're a coach. You get paid. They're going to go to court. Like basically, um, the Jags are telling Urban Meyer that we're not paying you because you're an embarrassment. Like that, it was just, you know, what I mean, like when a when a football get, a coach gets fired, they get paid. Like they get the money. So it's basically like, listen, like we're gonna pay you, like Adam Gase, we're gonna pay you, Adam. But you know, you're not the coach of the team anymore, right? You know, you always see stories on they're still paying that coach off, right? And like, you know, what I mean, they got you gotta pay the guy right you sign a contract no like you gotta pay me but in the contract there's gonna be always this thing in radio stations TV stations have it too it's basically like a, uh, a just clause uh, it's basically a, like an embarrassment clause you had know, like Trevor Bauer like like Trevor Bauer essentially which the Dodgers I don't know how the hell like whatever the Dodgers aren't fighting and the Dodgers are paying him like the Dodgers just paying him and told him, "Listen, we're going to pay you your contract, but he's got to go away. We're not. You're never playing for us. We're going to pay. You. We're not going to go to court with you, and we're going to pay you." But and I think the Dodgers just did this because they don't want to go to. They don't want the story, right? They just. They don't want. They just want to disappear, and they have money. So, long story short, the Jags aren't paying Urban Meyer, and I don't know. Like, if you're Urban Meyer, do you really want to sue now? Because you know you're gonna get hired anyway somewhere else. You're gonna get hired into college. Urban Meyer will get hired at college. I don't know. Is grabbing a chick's ass in a bar and allegedly kicking a kicker just cause enough not to give him his hundred million (laughs) dollars? Whatever it is he's owed, (laughs) bring it.
3: What is the winning edge? It's sports news you can use. And you can only get it right. right We
0: are. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen posed that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.